Look at the Boga Honey Podcast. That's why I, I tried not to have camps on my bow. I don't have to deal with slippage or anything Shut like that. Up. Just put a new string on there, you're fine. What is Boga? But seriously, that's the dumbest thing ever. It, it go, I am all about Just strap it to your pack. Really appreciate the fact that you're from Michigan and not Georgia. <laughs> you don't want to be the next Mark Kenyon. No. I'm a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that spot's taken. You can see how pathetic Jared's face is right now. <laughs> because that's how it looked. It was just like, is this good enough? Before we begin today's episode, we're going to quick thank some of the companies that helped make this show possible. Not sure if you guys have heard, but HuntWise has come out with what it calls HuntCast 2.0. Recently, they partnered with Jeff Sturgis, who has decades worth of data, and they've taken that data to compile a prediction as to when you should be out in the woods. So they, they rank it on a scale of 0 to 100% or the way we prefer it is deer. So when it's a five-deer day, you better be in the woods. So check it out. Become an elite member and learn how to maximize your time in the field because really you can't put a price on a good hunt. Tree saddles. We've all heard of them, and we love using them. Why? They're lightweight. They're easy to use. And if you use the right company... You can have everything you ever need for saddle hunting. In walks, trophy line. (laughs) Trophy line. (laughs) Just came out with a platform this year called the Mission Platform. And they came out with sticks to go with it. So why else would you want to use another company? Go to trophyline.com. Use the promo code BOGAHUNTINGTL20. (laughs) Worst code ever. (laughs) Longest code ever. But do it because you get a good discount. You get 20% off. And it's good stuff. TrophyLine.com. A lot of people ask us why we partnered with First Light, and it's because they have amazing systems, and the base of all those systems is around merino wool. Merino wool is great because it keeps you warm when it's cold out and cold when it's warm out because it pulls moisture away from your body, and best of all, it doesn't stink. No so stink. So if you're looking for a, a great new system, can't recommend them highly enough, FirstLight.com. We all know that Vortex is the leader in optics, so we can't say enough good things about them. We love them. We use them in the field every time we're out there. But what most people don't know is their clothing line is just as good. There's a brand new fall line that's just come out. We've got a couple of pieces from that line, and they are freaking awesome. So if you want to save 20% on your next purchase, head over there and use the promo code BOGA20 at checkout for 20% off. Yeah, that's we get that. I don't know if you guys get that a lot. And we're here in Michigan. We get we'll get uh, long stretches in the winter of just no sun. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, we're the same way. It crushes your soul after a while. You get you know it's what is it seasonal affective disorder. It's sad. You get sad. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely feel that. When the sun came out today, I don't know. It just felt I was in my office, but I could it, the sun was coming through the window, and I was just like, all right, that makes me feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You, you feel a little bit lighter on your feet. Get a little yeah. extra vitamin D. Yeah, you're all good. I'll show you some. I got some vitamin D for <laughs> you. <laughs> all right, Bo. Let's jump into it. Um, all right, welcome to another episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast. Twenty twenty one. The first episode, and actually, I didn't even that we got Bo. Well, you know, we'll get into that in a minute. I didn't even tell him that this was episode one of the year. He's setting the tone for the entire year. Yes. 
Couldn't have picked somebody better to do that. You know what? <laughs> we uh, we're confident in your ability to uh, you know really give us a boost to twenty twenty one. I expect after this podcast to go into the year, shoot a ton of bucks, a couple toms, like just have the best year of my life because mm-hmm. of the way we started it out. So no no pressure, but good to talk to you. Yeah, it's it's great to be on here. I, f- I feel like we've been chatting back and forth for a while. I'm glad that we were finally able to link up and do this. Yeah. yeah. Now, when you say chatting, are you texting James or are you just messaging him I slid into his DMs, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, he snuck He snuck right in there, you know. He, he slid in. <laughs> He's slimy <laughs> like that, man. He's a good pickup line, you know. I, I mean, I just I bit the bullet there. I just you, went in. You know I what? made a really crude mustache joke, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what, hey, whatever it takes. Yeah. So we, everybody, we have Bo on. Bo, well, you want to introduce who you are, what you do, like, you know, explain yourself. Yeah. Let's explain myself. All right. So my name is Bo Martonic, and I'm from northern Pennsylvania. So I'm a hunter there, obviously, and I bow hunt, rifle hunt, shotgun hunt, whatever I can. I, I just love hunting as much as I possibly can, and... uh I am, the, I guess, the host and the owner of the East West Hunt podcast, and um, I just, I love adventure hunting from anywhere from places in the Appalachian Mountains where I live to going out west. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I love hunting all around. I grew up in a pretty, pretty big hunting family. I mean, everybody, uh, the first two weeks of November, everybody's, we have a hunting camp here locally. And uh, my whole family's there. We're all taking off during the rut to hunt whitetails, and and uh, it's it's been kind of, I guess in my blood since I, I've been young. But it's really it's really grown with me uh, through the years. And now I think more than ever, I'm just full bore into it. You uh, you took the torch and you went pro with it. You're a pro now. You've got an Instagram account and a podcast. I don't know if pros the right word. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, we, we've, we've talked to uh, a bit of people from PA, yeah. like a lot of our guests have either been from a lot of guests from Michigan, mm-hmm. a lot of guests from PA. I feel like that's a, a good sign. Like, like Michigan and PA are very similar hunting tradition states with, a, with a lot of, with a lot of guys that spend time in the woods. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've said that a lot and a lot of people I've met from Michigan, I feel like we're very similar people and we definitely have similar backgrounds. I mean, Michigan and Pennsylvania are right up there at the top states of hunters per square mile. Yeah. Take that how you want. And, uh, and just, it's just a really, I feel like a long history of the hunting tradition and, and yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities there. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. it's like, like you said, um, you know, the first two weeks of November are pretty, uh, pretty sacred and you guys get school off for opening rifle out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. We nice. do. How, how about you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep, yep. Well, one of the schools I went it's, to, we, we didn't go, and then one just no one showed up. So which one? Well, South, I feel like a lot of people just didn't show up. Yeah, and the other, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the farther north you the go, far, here. yeah, the farther north of like Grand Rapids, when you start getting up to like Nuego and Big Rapids, Nuego is the beginning of Northern Michigan, Kalkaska, to me. yeah, Traverse City, even mm. in the UP, like it's a, it's almost like a holiday. Yeah, where like you're saying, people take off. You go to deer camp. You meet up with guys you haven't seen in maybe a year. Yeah, you know, and like this just coming a day after people have stormed the Capitol. So for people who are listening, this is <laughs> now you understand what day we're recording on. Um, I feel like 
places that have traditions like that and you treat opening day as a holiday, that gives you a little hope. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's, like there's some good in the world still. There's deer camp. There's deer camp to look forward to. Exactly. Every time. Well, actually, so uh, the first day of rifle season is a holiday where I work at too. So we get off paid to for the first day of rifle season. So that is is pretty awesome. <laughs> Dude, that is a lovely that thing. Is beautiful. Now, See, hold on. Before we keep going anywhere, I want to like you brought up the the iconic mustache. Oh yeah, yeah. The lip curtain. I, I need to know about this. The uh, soup strainer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, lip he's curtain. got he's got the a curtain. great one. Talk me through it, like. Give me, give me some details and paint the picture. We're, we're big, Jared. Jared, right? You just know mm. the background of what you're getting into. Like yeah. Jared recently shaved his beard, and so he's been going with through some, I don't know, withdrawal. A little bit. He's complaining about it a lot. He looks well, like a woman. I mean, the reason we cut him is, I said, if we get bears in West Virginia, I would like to do something funky with the, my beard. Right. So I gave myself the. The sideburn, uh, the mutton I, chop beard. Yeah, which is like the Colonel sideburns. Yeah, you know, Burnside, Burnside Gen- sideburns. Those General Burnside. General, by the way. sorry, that's my bad. Um, so it's basically you have a full beard, and you cut off just the, the chin, ch- this the chin, so to it, the neck, all the way down. Oh yeah, all the way down. So you've got sideburns coming down to your neck, your jawline coming up as a mustache, your jowls. and just going back down. It's a funky. Yeah. Like Civil War looking beard, yeah, and it was good for it the trip. Good. But I had to cut it all off because it actually scared my kids when I walked in the house. <laughs> they were they were terrified. My daughter actually ran away from me and yeah. started crying. You hate to see it, especially when you've been gone for a while. Yep. To come home to that is brutal, man. So, like James said, I'm going through a little bit of withdrawal from not having a beard, and I just want to. So yeah, talk explain. a little f- facial explain. hair. Yeah, so the mustache, it uh, it was something that I, I've done it for, I don't know, the last like seven or eight years as I call it the rut stash. And I did it just during hunting season. I, I always kind of went with like the goatee look, yep. and then, yep. which wasn't a good look for me. <laughs> the mustache is, but my, my beard growing ability is pretty trashy yep. to say the least. And um, so I, I'd grow the mustache and... Then I just, I don't know, it was in the spring of like 2018, I just decided, I was like, I'm just going to rock this mustache. And I went to the Total Archery Challenge and it was the, that was where I launched my podcast. It was the first time I ever even opened my recording stuff out of there. I was taught how to use it during the event. <laughs> and That is a fun event, by the way. I just went to my first last year. That is a great event. I'll, oh, it's amazing. It's a lot I, of fun. I wish- our Pennsylvania event got canceled uh, this last year because mm. of COVID, but I'd missed like, that is the most fun I look forward to every year. And I had a booth there. So I, I just started the podcast mm. and a buddy of mine was running the event there in Pennsylvania. And he's like, Hey, I got you hooked up with a booth space, you know, better get your podcast stuff ready. He told me this a month ahead of time when I was talking <laughs> about it and I'm like, okay. So I ordered everything off Amazon and just went for it. And, I had like a few hats and shirt for sale and basically I spent the whole show just t- people just asked me about my mustache, not really what I was doing. And then uh, <laughs> I explained that and then explained you know, the company and it eventually just kind of became a part of my brand. Cause so when I was there, uh, prime archery had a booth next, next to me and I, I had worked at a bow shop, um, part-time for a few years and, mm-hmm. and, uh, that, the prime guy's like, Hey, we're, we're shooting a commercial. You shoot our bows. Why don't you come over and, uh, uh, be in this commercial? So I, I did it. And 
you know, as I started the podcast, <laughs> I, I interviewed um, Tim Burnett from Solo Hunter and he's like, hey, he's like, when you when you sent me a message, he's like, I responded because I looked at your profile and I'm like, I know this guy. He's like, he's the guy who's in the commercial for my show. He's the most <laughs> You're the guy. I know oh that stash. <laughs> my name's Bo, but yeah, I'll yeah. go. There, there's guy. something else. I'm more than a mustache. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> so I've had it ever since, and it's funny because there was a, a my girlfriend makes fun of me for this because there was a there was a comment on I don't I don't I wrote an article for uh, PA Wild. It's like a local yeah. um, uh, thing here, and they they had the article out there, and someone commented on like. Who is this guy? Is he is he twenty? Is he twenty seven or fifty seven? <laughs> I just I, I thought it was so funny because like when I shave my face, I look like I'm sixteen. Yeah, and then when I, I know that game, I feel like that I, I'm more apt for the like forty year old women to be looking at me more than you, you know, skip and, right over the good age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I go right into the cougar status. So that's that's kind of been the story of it. And I just. I actually thought about shaving it off here recently. Don't do it. Um, just just because I don't remember what my upper look lip looks like, and uh, <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't think I can do it. I think I'd feel I'd be pretty depressed over it. You you look at the thing is you look at it for so long, you know, and when you cut it off, it's like part of you dies. Yeah. So yeah. So my advice to you is if you have that thought and you're like, man, you're like you got the buzzers in your hand, you're about to you know buzz it off, just trim it. Just you know, trim it. Just trim it back a little bit. Give it a few days, and if you know if it starts growing on you, is again, that your get, trick? That's the trick, because then you're at least you're like still you know two three months into I, it. See, I think a lot of times that's when I do because I just shaved when you did. I did a Fu Manchu, but didn't I? Was that a Fu or a handlebar? <laughs> no, I did a handlebar, but it went down. It went past way my chin. Down. Anyways, uh, but I shaved too, and like I feel like most of the time when I shave when I when I don't want, like end up regretting it, is it, it was just kind of scraggly. Like I just should have trimmed it. You should have. That's good it. advice. You it's never told good. me. You yeah. should have given me that advice. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I let you down. So we got the mustache stuff out of the way. Let's, Thank you. Let's talk you. bucks. Right. Um, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you, Bo, um, is that you seem to have a similar hunting style to us where you, you like to go in you know, you find interesting ways to get to stands and get deer out based on some of the pictures and videos you've been posting. Um, and so, but you you do it a little differently because you are east and you're in the mountains. And so, you know, us, we're, we're big woods hunters, uh, public land for the most part, hunters, but, you know, Michigan is about as flat as they come. Uh, and so I, you know, Jared and I just got back from a trip to West Virginia and, you know, we're, we're, going all over the place looking for bears and as we're going we're seeing i mean some awesome buck beds like crazy <laughs> you know buck sign but I, the whole time i'm thinking like i you know i just don't understand how mountains work Mm-mm. very well like how i would go out and find a deer in the mountains i know how to do it kind of but it's like you know how does elevation come into play and, and things like that and so i figured you have you on and just give us like uh you know your approach to to hunting where you are yeah so it's it is it is funny because there's a there's a definitely a difference between big woods and mountain bucks and like in Pennsylvania we kind of have a mixture of both and I, I kind of you know most of the time I talk about the areas that have topography and stuff but there's a lot of spots that I hunt that are more that are flat and that have swamps in them mm, yeah. that are you know you know I'm guessing similar to what you have in northern Michigan and 
it but but for the most part i'm hunting stuff with topography and some steeper hills and stuff you know kind of what you're we're seeing down in west virginia yeah and I, I like those areas better than the flatter big woods just because you can let the terrain and the topography kind of help mm-hmm. with your you know with funneling movement a little bit more and so it's it's a it's a whole different game than you know hunting the midwest and and some farm country and stuff but so with with where i'm at in pennsylvania most of the things i'm looking at are the difference in topography and how that correlates to vegetation yeah and so you know we have a lot of logging that happens here a lot of timber cuts and you know, so I focus on those a lot because timber cuts, um, depending on the age, can be food, it can be bedding, it can be just about anything all mixed in. And so finding where those edges kind of correlate where with sure. the terrain is huge for me. And, you know, for me, it's like it's spots where, all right, to, to, to kind of give you a little bit of paint in a picture here. Yeah. So say you have like a point of a ridge that would come out. Um, a lot of the times the bucks like to, maybe you saw this in, in West Virginia, but they like to bed out and around those points Yes, yep. and, and not necessarily on the top, but, you know, somewhere, um, you know, over the side of the hill where they can see down a ways. They like to be able to, it, it seems like they like to be able to see from their beds and, and one of the things. So I'll there, say, just let me interrupt a sec. So there, cause let me see, this is what I saw. Let me see if this is what you're explaining. Like you get to the top of a hill and you go maybe 20 feet over the hill. So you're like 20 feet down and the bucks seem to be looking down the hill with, you know, maybe 20 or so feet over the back. So the wind kind of seems to come over the back of them. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yep. That's exactly it. And and this is just, this is a general rule of thumb. There's a lot of times I'll find bucks bedded in places that make absolutely zero sense, but try to play the game of odds with it. And for the most part, it's where there's an elevation drop. And it might not be at the, at the top of the hill just down over. Mm-hmm. I'd say most of the time that's where you find it. But it could be like on a bench. It's mm-hmm. even down, you know, a third of the way down the hill. Where, but they always like to be, it seems like, right on the edge or just over where that elevation drop is. And they have everything to their advantage because if you come from behind them, then usually that prevailing winds coming across that top or coming in that direction of their back and they're gone. They drop down over the hill before you even would see them. Yeah. And if you come from the bottom, then yeah, it can be, it can be really difficult. Well, I stopped when I saw this and I just sat down in the bed, right? Cause I like to do that and just get a sense of what, if I was a buck, what are you, what am I looking at? And I'm just like, I was like cracking up. I was with uh, Kirk and I'm like, there's just no way you could ever sneak up on this deer, ever. Like, it's kind of thick in here. You can still see a long ways, uh, which is just, you got to give them some uh, props for that. That's why they get huge. No, that, that you're right on that because, you know, you can talk about, you know, a lot of people, a lot of guys and hunters talk about, you know, finding buck beds, right? right? And once you actually find one, once you were able to actually get into it and start looking around, be like, holy cow. Yeah. This is like the perfect spot if you think about it. He's got the wind right at his back. He yep. can look down wherever he wants to go. And usually those spots are like, yeah, there's no way you can sneak sneak up on this guy. Yep. Like you're going to have to position yourself. Get in real early. Re- yeah, real early or real late or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's crazy. But, Bo, you kind of touched on something too that um, that I really like and we really like to, to preach on the podcast is that 
you know, elevations are, or at least uh, terrain elevation is really something that you can focus in on and not have to like look at a satellite map. Yeah. And so the one of the things topo that, maps. Yeah. That, well, I'm topo. saying you can. What we like doing is to look at the topo maps first. Right. Yeah. Rather than like Google. turning on the satellite image and you know pinpointing that one field edge in the middle of state land because we feel that you know there may be a hidden saddle somewhere in that woods that you can't see that's leading up from a bedding area that you can get in on or there's a bench on that on this ridge line that you could set up on and hopefully you know intercept the buck so what we found is based off like hunting pressure it's better for us just to look at a topo elevation map and then you throw on the and then you throw on and kind of see okay what's around there and almost almost played a little backwards but kind of touching on pressure a little bit what kind of pressure do you guys have out there in terms of hunting uh it's it's pretty heavy hunting pressure um but it depends on the time of year so in archery season i typically don't see nearly as much pressure as you do in rifle season Mm -hmm. i mean this year actually was really bad with pressure in archery season which i'd never seen it like this before we saw that too and I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of, a lot of it had to do with, with COVID and, and, you know, people being off of work laid off and just more time to be in the woods. But it was, I mean, I felt like I couldn't get away from people very much. So I, I had to use, um, I, I talked to a buddy of mine, Josh Prophet, he's from Kentucky and, and I was talking to him. I'm like, man, I can't get away from people. And he's like, well, and, but I was like, there's some big deer here and he's like well use that to your advantage he's like try to find those you know pockets in between the the people where i ended up um setting up a lot was on those side hills because all right so if you think about it with with buck bedding so say they're kind of over those hills they don't like to walk across those tops and they will in the daylight but most of the time they like to run those side hills And so most, and a lot of the stuff I'm going to be talking about mostly has to deal with like in and around the rut, because that's when I get my time off of work. So that's when I mostly focus on. And so the does, like when they're bedding, they might bed up on that top. They might bed somewhere near the box, but they're typically running up and down the hill. So either like feeding down low, um, depending on where the food's at, or if there's an oak flat up top, they might be rising up to go up there. And those bucks like to run horizontal. So they're running vertical and the Cutting bucks the tracks. Run horizontal or try to catch, yeah, try to catch that scent of a, a hot doe. So I, I like to, if, if I find, say, um, a few beds that I would consider buck beds, and a lot of the ways I'm telling, being able to tell if it's a buck bed, it's not always the case. But if there's any rubs that are leading up to it and from like entry and exit trails, um, you can see some rubs leading up to it. And if I can find a couple of beds on a certain elevation line, I'm going to stick to that elevation line. Like that, that would typically be, you know, where they'd be cruising, um, where, where they're spending a lot of their time. You'll find scrape lines on that elevation line. I mean, that's where, like you said, the topo maps are just so huge to be able to do that. And then once you overlay it, you know, with the aerial view on Onyx or mm-hmm. whatever, you can you can find those edges, say, if maybe there's a, a, a timber cut that comes up to it, or maybe it's just like a, a hemlock or pine thicket that runs up against the big timber. And those edges that correlate with some of those elevation lines is is huge. And I, I like, like, so, you know, the, the style of hunting buck beds. I mean, I've tried to hunt specifically like almost over beds and I've never really had luck with it because I feel like the wind 
it they're there for a reason like that that wind is so it'll it'll either if it's high wind days it swirls pretty good yeah or i don't know i just feel like i i spook more deer doing that than anything so i I like to be close to bedding areas but you know but within like you know 150 to 200 yards not right on top of them you're not like the dan infault who gets he like sets up like 40 yards 60 yards away from him and and climbs up a tree i'm not good at that I've never found in the big woods or in the mountains that a buck uses a single bed enough. Like he might use that point a lot, right? But he's not gonna use that single bed as much as they might in, say, farm country, where there's that's the only thicket in the, right, the right. area, or you know, or in a swamp, or the you know, there's a that little oak, um, you know, island out there. Like it's it's not the same. Yeah, no, I I would agree with that, and I I still am hesitant to get. I mean, I still do because I feel like a lot of times pre-rut, especially like the bucks are hardly moving out of their bed before it gets dark. So I'll try to get in there as, as close as you can, but it's that's tough to do. Um, I do like what you say about staying away from other hunters, like using that as it should be as important as topography almost. Really, actually, as as important because and that's something for years I just I didn't do and. This year, like you said, especially with how many people were out in the woods, every mm-hmm. single time I was in the woods, I encountered a hunter. Yeah, you year. did. You had bad luck, man. I had bad luck. I d- you don't like to see it. Like, there were times that you and I were getting out in a way. Far. Far away. And I don't know how they... Like, we would wake up at, like, four. You know, you're walking in two hours to get out. Like, that took a long time, that one walk. Yeah, I know. And there are dudes that just <laughs> were out there, too, you know, which you, I never man. had seen before, but... Yeah, I, I had trouble this year with people that were Ill- illegally driving ATVs too. Ooh, which oh, yeah, was was really rough. Driving around with crossbows on the front of it and just like, uh, it that it it boils my blood pretty good. But I was like, you know, I'm like, all right, I can either just get mad about it or I can figure out a way, you know, around that. And I just felt like those side hills seemed to be the ticket. Like the the pressure that I was seeing, most people hunted the tops. Yeah. Um, and and you, mostly the tops because that seemed like where the roads came in from. So being on the side hills or in some of the bottoms seemed to be the ticket uh, for for me at least. I've seen that a lot. You know, it brings to mind I used to drive actually down Fulton from Lowell. Um, so I'm I would drive and on the on the north side there's a hill. Right, so it's a south-facing slope. So I'd always see a this buck bedded there, and anytime I would see him, he was either bedded or walking across that hill. And so I just think of that when you say that. But that, that seems like to make so much sense, especially if it's trying to cut like a hot doe or something. It can cut a lot of different sets of tracks that way. So um, you guys got a, a good amount of pressure. Um, you're playing other people. What what kind of things are you looking for, like to get away from people? Like how what are the ways that you get away or you know find places that other people are just not willing to go? There's a, there's a few different things. I mean, one of them is access. So like if there's areas that have like, say a parking lot at a gate, you know, those are typically entrance points for people. And in Pennsylvania, we can pull off anywhere in the national forest and hunt. Like we don't need to be in a designated parking area mm-hmm. or anything, or even the state forests and state lands. Like you don't need to be at those spots. So if I can stay away from those, I don't, necessarily need to go in as far or if i am going in from those places it distance definitely keeps people away and then terrain yeah so any place that's kind of rougher terrain seems to help with with keeping 
full way. And that's, that's, that's what I've found in like a lot of the setups that, that I'll have are thick and they're on those side Hills. Like, I mean, I'm only, my shots are under 25 yards, you know, at most. That's trad bow range, Jared, 25 yards and under that's my, you're talking my language now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of tough at the same time because like there was, there was a situation I had this year where I had, well, I second guessed my spot and I ended up crossing this creek past my one camera and setting up on this other side hill. It was only about 120 yards away, yep. just above the creek bottom. And I sat dark to dark. I never saw a deer <laughs> and I, I came out and I was pretty disgusted and I, the deer density is really low here. So when I was coming out, I was going to check my camera. That was where I was going to sit. And I'm like, nope, I'm just walk past it, whatever. I ended up checking it like a month later. And the, the buck I was hunting was there in the morning in the daylight. You can see the tree I normally sit in in the background. <laughs> and But it's just, it just shows like when you're hunting, like some of those areas that are like that, that are thick and you can't see very far. I mean, that deer was, you know, within a hundred yards of me at one point, And I never even knew he was yep. there. So it's it's a it's a mind game when you're in low deer density areas and yep. hunting some thicker stuff you just you literally you really have to be confident in your spots and knowing that you have to sit there multiple days to uh, to make something happen when i commit to a long sit i think about that like half the time i'm like there there could what if i'm 25 yards the wrong way and now i'm something's walking past and i'm not seeing anything and like i'm debating i mean the whole time like, should I have gone a little farther in? Am I far enough in? That's a debate that I have that, that just is always going. And that's why, I mean, that's a, a lot of the time why I, I do a lot of blind calling during the rut. And, you know, it's it's debatable um, that people might say, they, oh, on public land, you can't call in deer because it's pressured and stuff. But mm-hmm. honestly, that's that's, I think most of the deer that I've killed have been from blind calling and they came in. Whether they would have came in on their own or not, I don't know. But, yeah. you know, I, I'm like, if something, if I can't see 60 yards in front of me, I need to be doing something to be able to, you know, coax them over to me. And yep. that seems to be, for me, something I, I like to do quite a bit. Jared just carries out 100 pounds of corn wherever he goes and sits. Yeah. <laughs> Those golden <laughs> acorns. That gold. <laughs> it's real easy. He looks ridiculous walking yeah. through the woods. But man, the am I in shape. <laughs> He's in his quads, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Are you uh are you hanging hunting? You using a saddle? You ground hunting? He's a what, saddle man. What's I your look, saddle? Yeah. Or, uh, what's your what's your setup? Um, so I'm running the the tethered phantom saddle and the predator platform, and I got a set of Timber Ninja. They're carbon fiber sticks. Ooh, yeah. Yep. Super light. I mean, my whole nice. setup weighs like eight pounds. So I've I've well, I mean, this last year I was ex- I didn't hunt out of a tree stand at all. Yeah. And I'm not saying like I, I will hunt out of a tree stand if say I have like a hemlock tree that to get up in it seems like a hang on works a little bit better but for the i mean for the most part i don't i didn't have any fixed stands out i just hunted out of my saddle and uh yeah that's for the most part that's what i do and i also hunt off the ground a decent amount too so especially if you get areas that have a lot of terrain it really doesn't show there's not a lot of benefit to get up into a tree you can be set up above the trail and you might be 20 feet above it just because of the way the elevation is right yep well and it takes a long time to get up and like if you're on the ground i've had it lots of times where you can adjust 
like that 20 yard adjustment if you really need to. If you're seeing a deer are moving somewhere else, Jared and I have done that many times where yeah. it's like, uh, we're, you know, we're about 24 to 40 yards off or whatever. We'll just make it our way to that deadfall, pop back up. It takes five minutes. You're pretty quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think hunting off the ground is an underutilized yep. uh, thing to do. And, and especially here when we, my, my dad uses this trick a lot and I don't know. I've, I've never had the success he had with it, has had with it. I've, uh, when I was younger, I missed a couple bucks this way, but he'll walk through these like older, you know, 10 to 20 year old timber cuts yep. and walk the logging roads and just call and then like snap sticks and act like he's a buck coming through there. And he's shot, a, I, I think he shot like three of his last five deer within 10 yards off the ground coming in with a bow. With a bow, yeah. Ah, Jared, that's like your buck run. That's my patented buck run. Yeah, he does the same thing. Yeah, no, that it works though. Um, the gra- I like that. I gotta try just walking down those log roads, even where mm-hmm. we uh, go up north. We, we did that this year. I feel like that's why we were able to get so close to that one that we kicked up. Yeah, um, that was fun. Which, yeah, and like say say like you're hunting all week during a rut and you're tired, you know, getting up at four in the morning and hiking in. Like that was one of the things my dad told me. He's like, he's like, get up you know, sleep in a little bit, go out and start hiking in right at first light and hunt your way into your spot. And especially if you're set up in like travel routes during the rut, like you're not, you don't need to be there, um, you know, as they're trying to get back to their bed or whatever, you're trying to catch them cruising. So it's, it, it doesn't really matter as much to be there at first light. Hmm. And I, I think that it seems to be a, a pretty, pretty good trick to be able to try. I like that. I do too. That's, that's, write that down. Jim. Yeah, I'm gonna write that down on the old memory bank. Thank you. Yeah. So no, that's I like that a lot because, um, like you said, I mean, being able to be mobile a little bit, it's just fun. Like that's half the reason why I like to do things like squirrel hunting and stuff, just because you can you don't have to just walk sit around. around. You can walk around. Mm-hmm. I like to just I have a hard time stopping when I'm out. You know, like I just want to keep going out there. Um, that's why I love. That's why I love the springtime. That's why I love like shed hunting and spring scouting because i just like walking and seeing things like i just always want to see what's next and actually it's probably why i'm not i'm only i'm not a very great shed hunter because <laughs> i'm not either <laughs> i just i keep wanting to go over there like when when you get like people that are good with it they'll find an area where there's some you know you can tell they're feeding or whatever and they'll grid search it i can't do that no. because i know that my success might go up but i want to see what's over there and next thing you know i'm I'm like two ridges over. I'm like, what, 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 did I, what just happened? You're, See? you're the reason why a long time ago people came to America. They just kept going, mm-hmm. following their herds. What's over that? What's over that hill? And then they ended up in America. And here we are. I think it's time for a break. Yeah, we were, we were getting long winded. Yep. It's time for a break. We're going to thank a couple of our, uh, couple more sponsors. Who doesn't love smoked meat? Jared? Communists. That's who doesn't like smoked meat. If you're not a communist, check out Gorilla Grills. So whenever you go out to the field and you procure your own game, mm-hmm. you can bring it back and press your wife, your husband, your kids, your, your friends, fran- friends, your family, anybody with your smoked meat. Check out GorillaGrills.com for all your smoking needs. Everybody knows that arrows are the lifeblood of the hunting industry. If you're a bow hunter, your worth is measured in the amount and the quality of arrows that you have. If you have good arrows, and a lot of them, you are arrow rich. And everybody wants to be arrow rich. Everyone wants to be arrow rich. And one way of doing that, using vector arrows. Why? They are the best. They are tough. You can go to their website, enter all your bow specs in, 
And they'll spit out the exact arrows that you need. Check them out. VectorCustomShop.com. And be arrow rich. If you're looking for quality, handmade, traditional archery equipment, look no further than Bivouac Bow Co. Jim and Georgia. Actually, we had them on the podcast, episode 93. Check it out. Handmake bows. They have years of experience. Their machining is precise, and their products are beautiful. Check them out at bivouacboco.com. And finally, I want to introduce a new sponsor of the show. Wild Pursuit Wellness makes premium CBD products. It's all natural, broad-spectrum CBD, meaning that there is less than 0.0% THC. It only has two ingredients, CBD and MCT coconut oil. It can be ingested or used topically on the skin to help with muscle soreness or joints. We we use it a lot after long hikes or, or sits out in the woods. It's grown and extracted right in the Rocky Mountains, and it's shipped directly to you anywhere in the United States. It's great CBD at an extremely low price, and it can be even lower if you use promo code BOGA for 20% off at checkout. Check them out, wildpursuitwellness.com. Yeah, so the, the big question that we've we've talked about a lot is saddle hunting. Do you wear your saddle when you walk out? Mm-hmm. Or do you put it on when you get out there? Ah, so that's, that's a good one. I I normally pack it in in my backpack because I'm walking in with light clothes on. So if I'm going to throw bibs or something on, yeah. I have to take it off anyways. But with that being said, I tried recently walking with it on. And it is pretty – it's not – it's not uncomfortable. So no. I've done that too, depending on like space in my pack and everything. Um, it, it all depends, but normally I'm putting it in my pack. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's been a, a debate we've had. Cause I've done it both ways too. If like, I'm, I'm going out and I'm going to throw my bibs on like the pain that is taking what, everything off. What have you found to be an advantage of putting it on once you get there? Well, that's what he said. The bibs, you, like if you have bibs and you have to take off your your saddle put your bibs on put your saddle on i put the saddle right over top of the bibs i know but what he's saying is he wouldn't walk out with saddle or with bibs on because it's too hot Mm, like if you're walking think about walking in like west virginia you're hot as balls by the time you're out there crazy yeah right that's that's it that's exactly it i walk in with like my base layers on and so like because otherwise i i overheat pretty fast so i just i I like to just uh yeah just go in lightweight and and throw everything on my back the other thing is this i think comes down to the way i have it set up but sometimes when i'm wearing the saddle walking in my hips will get sore and yeah. i think it's because i'm I have the maybe the leg strap too tight or something but i feel like sometimes if i have a long walk that it'll get it'll get a little bit tougher there yeah so you're 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 you know throwing everything on your back you're hiking in you've got what four sticks saddle platform what else are you bringing out with you I'm assuming four sticks. Some people don't like you correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm using four sticks and and sometimes I won't use all of them. If uh if there's a spot where I don't need to get up as high, what I'll do is I'll still take all the sticks up with me and I'll actually put it on the opposite side of the tree, like the last stick like around my platform mm-hmm. so I can kind of walk around the tree. Nice, oh, smart. Yeah. Yep. And um so I'll but normally I'm using four sticks for the most part. And like I said, I'm walking in light, so I'm just wearing like a light pair of pants and a base layer and maybe a, a hoodie on top of that. But well, and then I'll I'll pack in all my you know my insulating outer layers and my calls, a lot of food. I like eating in the tree stand, especially if it's all day sits. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. what, what's the go to snack? Everyone everyone's got one, man. 
So I I love there's these little things they're called packaroons. Oh yeah, a company called don't, Heather's Choice. We don't make. swear on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say packaroon. No, I, I know what packaroons are. You've seen them I've before. No, Heather's no. Choice. Come on, yeah. man. Yeah. What? The little mint chocolate ones are so good. And that's so what you I'll, have. I'll usually pack those in, but I I have to, so one of the things that I'll say about food is I'll take I think every company um that that makes any sort of like the bars and snacks is anti-hunting for the wrappers they put them in mm-hmm. so <laughs> I, that's I'll so them, true <laughs> i'll put them in like ziploc bags or just wrap them in like saran wrap type stuff or just like a plastic wrap it's um, smart to keep it quiet but i i take in a lot of food and and I, the only the one thing I wish I could figure out how to take in without smashing is just regular Lay's potato chips. Oh that's yeah, like my, that's my like guilty pleasure food, <laughs> and uh, that would just make me happier in a tree stand. Otherwise, you sound like a little kid in church with the wrapper. It's like, yep. <laughs> no, yeah, you feel like every deer. I'm like, as soon as I open something, I'm like, well, that every deer in the county's gone. So. No, I feel like my crunching from chips would probably do the oh, same oh, thing. Though. Jared, Jared will <laughs> drink some water, and it sounds like he's crunching on rocks. <laughs> uh, I will say this though: when you said. Uh, you saran wrap or whatever wrap your own food. Jared's head exploded. Like he's looking at me. His mouth is wide open. No, like, I just had a, a serious I just, light no, went on. Not from not from because he did that, but just because I have a good idea. What's your good idea? I'm not saying why. It's a secret that maybe I'll reveal in a couple months. <laughs> what, you're gonna try it. You don't want to. I'm gonna try. No, I'll. I'll uh, yeah. Will, will you it's announce a, it or something? How just like people teaser. who listen? How are they gonna know? They'll know when po- they, you'll post it. When, hey, when they know, you and, know. You're you gonna know? post it, and you're gonna tag Bo when you post it. Yes. Okay. Deal. All right. Good. Well, I want to hear what this great. I know because he okay. like got so excited. I'm like, really? I mean, that's a pretty good idea to put it in a plastic bag, but I feel like it's not that revolutionary. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. What's your wait, Jared? You you know? Okay. What's your go-to snack then? Ooh, peach rings. Peach rings? Without that was a, a really quick. Without a doubt, peach I've rings. seen you eat peach rings out there. I can kill a. You bag. were thinking about that the whole time. That's, I could tell. Yeah. Oh yeah, I <laughs> just wanted. Do you just put them say, on well, your fingers your... and like eat them off? Sometimes. Wow. You don't? No, no, that's that's for bugles, man. We're um, not we're not animals here. Which I wouldn't ever eat a bugle in the deer stand. Not that I can, but the bugles are gross. They're kind of fun though. But you know, a peach ring. Peach. Yeah. You get the little sweet smell in the air, and the deer like, hey. You think that's drawing <laughs> the deer? It's the sugary coating that's what's bringing them in, right? Exactly. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm not baiting. I'm just no. eating. No. Yeah, and then a mug full of coffee. I oh, yeah. Have that in there, too. Like, I don't care what kind of scent that gives off, anything. Like, that doesn't bother me. I need the coffee, so. <laughs> I've, I've banned Jared from coffee mm-hmm. because the reason is we'll dr- he'll drink a little on the way to hunting. We'll get there, get out, and he's he's got to poop. He gets poop, excited. Man. The coffee gets going. I get away from the poop in the bushes. Things happen. You hate to see it, but <laughs> it happens. I've been getting pretty good at it, though. Like, pretty concise. Pretty. You get in there. You get in. Just you get out. Shit or get off the pot, man. Yep. You know? I, I can respect that because I, I don't like to do it. But, you know, every once in a while I have I'm with you, though. Hot beverage. Yeah. But even, like, you've started getting me on the... Uh, the yerba mate. Ooh, the yerbs. The, the little yerb action. Or we'll uh, do some chaga. And you know what chaga is there, Bo? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep, I know what chaga you can is. Get on that. Yeah, we'll do this. It's, you, you know what? It's like gives you a real natural. You're really one with the woods because you're like sipping on something that came from the tree right next to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, did a, I did a tea tour this year for the when I was hunting the rut. I would try a new tea every morning. I tried Which everything. I told you to post about it. I did. Just, I did. No, I want you to write, write up 
I want you to write up your oh, review. <laughs> rev- I should do well, a today, review. today I've got a, a dark cherry green tea. You know what? <laughs> Next year, that's what I'm going to do Roll during the rut. I'll do a, uh, I'll do my tea tour round two, and I'll you know, write, really write my thoughts. Got a nice clean finish with a I tan found out body. this year I don't like green tea. It just is gross. I don't like it. Yeah, it's a little funk. I mean, it's... Some people love it and respect to them. Like, especially that, what is it, gunpowder? No, that's terrible. No, and, and I don't like the, what's the other kind? Uh... Shoot. Well, now you're. Nah, it's like pe- maybe I think there's peach in it. I didn't just like it. Just say like two two letter words. You and know what I am? Tea. I'm a I'm an English breakfast man. That or English is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, Earl Grey. Earl Grey. That's what it is. I'm an Earl Grey man. Yeah, it's big. Uh, I I like to do uh, I do jerky a lot. I'll do apples, just like a like oh. dehydrated apples. Just no, just one. an apple. I'll oh, so you're it. the one baiting I'm those apples all over the place. Apples from your pile in front of your stand. That's right. Well, and I'll chomp, chomp on some of Jared's corn. You know, I'll throw some of that in my pocket. Yeah, yeah, you might as well. <laughs> yeah, I never called it golden acorns until we were, or yeah, golden acorns until we were in West Virginia. That's all they called it. And for for a while, I'm like, yeah, my, man, I didn't want to say it and get embarrassed. But like, what are you? They always say, about? yeah, we got a, some guys are up there with. a pile of golden acorns i'm like, thinking is that like an oak i've never wow. heard of <laughs> a golden this is a magical place <laughs> but yeah uh, we're dumb so um so yeah you're, you're you're taking food that's a big thing what what other things like you got a kill kit i'm guessing what other yeah, kind of yeah do I, I have a kill kit that um so i'll put them in like a, a they're like a, a bag it's a kafaru dry bag essentially so it's a waterproof bag and i'll put my knife in there i put my tags in there and then i also put game bags in there so mm-hmm. some of the times uh, depending on the situation i'll cut the deer up and pack a quarter it up and pack it out like you would out west yep um, so i have all that in there and also a thing of paracord yeah, so yeah. that you know hang the quarters in a tree or paracord is good for anything tying so I, stuff I together have that in there too and that's usually stationed in the bottom of my pack i've tied my sight on my bow once because if it broke, <laughs> yes, you yeah, have. yeah, I shot it. I that was I shot a deer that way. But I got up to my tree. Took me forever to get out there, and I like I don't know what I did. I was we were pretty young, and all of a sudden I was like, it, you could see it falling in slow motion. It wasn't even light yet, and I could just kind of see it fading into the dark below me. And right on the way down, <laughs> it smacked the limb. It's just crack. I'm like, uh. it was the uh, the sight. I I found. I, you could kind of figure out how it's fit on tied it up the three pin true glow yeah the three pin true glow you know that that did me good for a long time yeah it does not survive it's not like a like a spot hog or anything where i'm thinking you could drop that out of a tree and be fine but yeah the three pin true glow did not the plastic <laughs> cracked <laughs> yeah yeah we'll we'll do we do a lot of the quartering too yeah um it's yep. way easier it is isn't it like it it was funny um this uh a deer I killed uh last month when I shot it I was, I was with my buddy and my dad and I was like all right let's cut it up and pack it out I was like I'm not dragging this up over the hill and they're like no you got to get that back to camp and show everybody yes on the whole body like that's so that, that is the dilemma I, I get go that yeah you know and it is but when you do quarter it like the work's done once you get out of the woods mm-hmm. like you're everything's there you don't need to skin it you don't need to you know do that and but um it it I don't know if, if you guys saw the um, uh, video that I had posted about. across the river. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was my buddy's grand idea as a Johnny comes to me. He's like, yeah, we, I think we can get out a lot faster if we go down the hill and just cross the creek. And I'm like, I, I remember that being pretty deep and wide. <laughs> it's like, ah, 
he's like, we should be okay. He's like, you got waders in your truck, don't you? I said, I got, I got those over boots, those hip boots, but I only got one pair. I said, so you can grab those. I go, I'll just go across. If I get a little wet, it's not a big deal. So they like, they went back up to the truck and drove it around the, the, the hill and came to the other side on the highway. And I drug the deer down off the hill and got to there. I'm like, Oh my God, like there's no turning back, but I'm like, I might lose this deer. Like yeah. it, it might, the, the, the river might take it down. So I, I literally tied it with paracord to my belt. I said, well, if it goes down, I am too. That's a bold mm-hmm. move. That is a, you know, I'm, that's a captain. I'm move. thinking your girlfriend is probably not loving that idea. You just dragging no. it, you know? No, she, she was, uh, it was funny because she was like, she went, actually went shopping that day. And I, after I got back, I was like, I, I called her. I was like, I killed a, the biggest deer in my life. And I was like telling her all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm pretty wet though. I got to go home and and shower and change before I go to camp. And, and she's like, okay. And then she saw that video and she's like, Oh yeah. Okay. A little wet. You <laughs> <laughs> idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. No, it was, a, it was a good video and it's, That's it's chop. It's, it's a job. <laughs> well, we had we had some run-ins with the water can be dangerous. I mean, last yes. year with your buck trying to get it across that river, we actually didn't because it ended up being way too deep. You would have been swimming that thing across. When you're when you're quartering it out, then do you throw it in your backpack? Do you have a frame pack or what? What kind of how are you doing that? So, um, I, I used to carry like a, a full frame pack, like I would out west. I had a kafaru that I used, and that was really nice. It's super good for carrying meat out and stuff but it was it's pretty bulky for having in a tree stand and for just every day yep. hunting so i'm using a, a sika pack now that uh it's called the cargo box and it's got like somewhat of a frame to it rigidity and you can pack out meat with it it's not nearly as comfortable as it would with a frame pack but right. normally what i would do is like if i was by myself i'd take out one load with that and then i have a frame pack i keep in my truck I go back in for the second load. Yep. Um, but I, I usually have I I never take like a, a a backpack that doesn't have some sort of rigidity that I can't carry out some meat with it. You know. That's exact. This is this is something we've been messing with for a while. Like we've we've done, you know, frame packs or regular backpacks, and it's like, you know, this year I'm I'm hoping to do. Actually, I've got a I actually got a Stone Glacier. What is that? Uh, Kiowa, which is mm-hmm. like a, it's got rigidity to it. Like I could haul, it says like 60 pounds, right? But I have a frame that I'll bring and I'll throw my, my car doing the same thing as you bring a little bit out with me, go back and get the rest. Yep. Cause it's not like we're going to, we're like five, 10 miles out there for the most part. I think the farthest we go is maybe two, you know? Yeah. But you, you want to have that flexibility of mobile mobility. Yeah. You want to be able to have it be possibly a little bit framed so you can carry some weight. Yeah, even just your sticks and your crap. Yep. It's nice. And it's got to be able, yeah, and it's got to be able to to haul those there, those items. Funny because like my with how light like the saddle and sticks are, like that's not nearly the heaviest part of my pack. I just I bring so much stuff, like probably me too. <laughs> way more than I need, but I like like it makes me feel comfortable. So like I need a pack that can carry all that stuff comfortably to be able to do that. And that's, that's kind of the, the route I've went. I'd love to be able to just, I, I see people that go in with like not really anything and like barely like a hip belt pack or something. And I just don't know. I don't even know if I hunted on in a farm country, if I could do that. Like Seriously. I just carry too much stuff. I know Jared gives me a hard time for that. I, that's I, cause you, I overpack. Well, that's cause we kind of both are guilty of 
plan. I feel like we both plan. We try I to get plan all for excited. every occasion. Like, yep. well, if this happens, we're going to need this. And well, what if I'm there and like and I have I, this, but that one breaks? Well, I got to have this. Yeah. If I could bring my waders out, I would. Like, if <laughs> I could fit them in my backpack, I usually I'll go out usually with my saddle stuff, and I'll also bring like stuff in case I want to sit on the ground. So I'll bring oh like, yeah, that's, netting. That's a given. Yeah. You know, so it's like I I'm usually pretty prepared. I got rain stuff, but. If you just went in there just to just to hunt, you know, yep. like have your saddle stuff. If it doesn't work out, you're on the ground, and you might not have all the things you want. But just go in there, lightweight, just yep. hunt. Yeah, I just feel like that's that's one thing that I think everyone can always work on is yep. just cutting down, cutting down the amount of gear that they actually think they need to hunt. You should see my backpack right now for squirrel hunting. I got. I got way too much stuff. <laughs> you, got the, you got the house in like, there? You shouldn't need that much to go squirrel hunting, but I, I bring it out. I feel good. Like like Bo says, it's like a it just gives me a little comfort to be out there with my stuff. Yeah, it does. I learned I learned for Western hunting you can't do that as much because right. again, you need so much stuff to begin with. I remember that the first year I was out there, my pack weighed eighty pounds to, to back <laughs> in. And I was like, All right, this is just stupid. So yeah. I, I learned to to, you know, cut down on the nice to have stuff and just keep the necessities and, and a few comfort items. But yeah, other than that, I, I try to, I, I need to, I need to do better with my whitetail kit and, and looking at it that way. And so one thing when talking about sitting on the ground, one thing I will do is I'll actually put my saddle around the tree on the ground. And because it, it's more comfortable than just sitting, you know, just straight on the ground or mm-hmm. sitting on a log and you can still swivel around the yep. tree and you can yep. disconnect quick if you need to like if you need to readjust or move or something. I was actually just going to ask you about that. That's uh that's something we've been trying and actually I want to try it turkey hunting. I feel like that'd be kind of fun to try. Yeah, I I saw someone doing that before and at first I was like, what are they doing? And then I thought about it more. I'm like, that would probably work. It might work. I don't know. It's I, I thought the same thing. I was like, is that, it seems like a lot of movement, mm-hmm. but it just might work. It's a, worth a, sh- a shot, you know? It's always worth a shot. Yeah. So you're, so um, January, this January we're recording this. What are you doing this time of year? Like, how are you, are you preparing? Are you resting? Like, what's your, what's your, on your, your hunting schedule right now? If there's, if there's a time of year where I kind of take some downtime, it's January. I try, I mean, like, it, I love just being in the woods. I like scouting probably even more than hunting, but I try to, you know, I'm like, all right, I got the whole year here. I'm going to hit it hard in the spring. So I try to not go in the woods as much. I might go out for like a few hours um, on a weekend and take a walk or something. But for the most part, I'm not doing much in the woods, but I'm doing a lot on my computer. So like I'm taking all my SD cards and dumping them on my computer and going through and organizing them all. And, I keep a spreadsheet of all my trail camera data, like from mature bucks. And I'll type all that information in the time, the date, the temperature, what the, what the uh, rest of the weather was doing, the wind direction and try to find some sort of, you know, patterns or correlation to things um, based off of that. And that's, that's something I do a lot in the winter and also just aerial scouting. I'm always looking at new areas and, and, you know, trying to go to different spots. And, and that, that is actually, it was, it was a goal of mine last year was to cut down on going in as many new areas and spread myself too thin. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I still, I just like seeing new country. No, we're the same way. I feel like even this year, 
We had a lot of spots. A lot of spots. We might have spread out. Like, I never hunted the same spot twice this year. Did you? Did you? No. I don't think I did. <laughs> unless no. it was my, unless it was the back three, which, Bo, by the way, is I live on three acres, and so when I hunt the back three, that's, that's, uh, turned out to be a pretty good spot, actually. So when he says he didn't hunt the same spot, it was mainly just the next Any time, any, yeah. It's yeah, five exactly. feet away. Five feet. I only have, like, so many feet to work with. Um, <laughs> no. no wait, hold on. When you say that about the back three, so I got, I have eight acres where I live here, and, Right, but literally right behind my house, I built this mock scrape and threw a camera on it. And I had some nice box cruising like 40 yards from my house here in the road. Oh, yeah. Way out in the woods somewhere. They're just right behind my house. Don't get him started, please. Dude, I'm, here's what I'll say. This year we got a puppy. Right, I've got an eight-year-old, my wife and I got a puppy. And so I was like, man, to get up and leave, this thing has to pee a couple – it was right – like we got him in like October, like right – Right when, you know, so we had him for a while. It's like, man, it's it's the rut. I feel kind of weird leaving and waking up the whole house. So I'll get up, take the dog for a walk real early, and then I'll just hunt. And I hunted, like, every single day in November, I think. You did. I was pretty jealous. It was, it was pretty fun. It was pretty Sounds nice. Pretty and then jealous. you, I wouldn't take any work off, get right back in the house because I work from home, and it worked out sweet. And it hmm. turns out I had some nice bucks yeah. cruising through. No, that's that's uh, that's – it's kind of fortunate to have the back three. Yeah. I unfortunately do not have a back three. If you were hunting in your backyard, <laughs> you'd turn some heads. I uh, kind of did what you did, Bo. I pretty much peppered my map with pins that I wanted to check out. I didn't get a chance to get out to these like in the summer at all, so it was only during hunting season. And it was kind of nice because then you can actually see what's going on at that time of year. The, I mean, the time of year that you're going to be hunting because yeah. they, they do have those those shifts in their habits and they're going to use, you know, different food sources at different times based on the year. So yeah, my whole year was We'd really pick really just areas. A, you wouldn't pick a, yeah. like a, in a little area and then you'd go and then hunt mm-hmm. when you'd find a good tree. Yeah. That's what we did a lot this I would, year. I would mainly just go in there and just hunt the freshest sign I could. But here's what I think we should change this year about that. We've done that. We have some good idea, but one of the reasons I think that that bit us in the butt, if you will, uh, was that was when we'd run into hunters a lot of times too, because we didn't go out there early to see like are there other people walking around here a whole lot. I feel like that was one of the reasons you don't you don't agree. Mm-mm, I you don't, don't agree. agree. No, you vehemently. That, I think that may have happened to you while we were out. But <sighs> as I was looking at, different am I just <laughs> looking at this because I've I've been jaded by like, dude, I had my I had some. You had some bad times on really, public land. I, I mean, really I, grind my gears. I ran into other public land hunters in one area, but as soon as I figured that out, like I boogered, I boogered out. You boogered I out. I boogered there. out of there and went to, to the another new, holler. I, I went to a new spot and went. As soon as I did that, I was on a buck. Yeah. Like that, I had a, a decent eight point come in the first night I hunted this new area. Yeah. I mean, I knew there were other hunters there. I had walked past a couple tree stands, but I just went in to a deeper spot. And set up on the terrain features yep. again by looking at those topo maps, and I didn't see any human sign out there. That was a pretty busy area too yeah. that you hunted. I, it was you and Mark, right? No, see that was different. That's uh, a, see, I, see, that's what I'm saying. Like I was able to just scout so many different spots, and I would see deer almost every time. Mm-hmm. It was it was really a lot of fun. I by deer I made, you mean other hunters, right? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> It was just it was just a good learning experience this year. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was really good. And now I think we go back to there now. It's a great excuse to go scout, bring the twenty two, pile up some squirrels, 
Mm, some some tree rape. I love hunt squirrel hunting. I've been getting into it's it. It's that this time year. of the year, man. Oh, oh yeah. And I was up where we were at Big Rapids. Found a lot of good spots for hunting. Like good. We've got a, we've got a couple good upcoming. It requires trips. boats I'm to a, get in, but it's a good spot. Good man. That's that is actually great. You got anything lined up, uh, Bo, for coming up? Twenty uh, twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Oh man, that, that's a million dollar question. I I feel like I have so many things I want to do, but not that time. Yeah. So I'm trying to. I'm I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a western uh, elk hunt again this year. I'm hoping to draw a tag in Montana. Um, that's a spot I've been wanting to go to forever. And uh, and then and then uh, I was planning. My brother moved to Montana this year, so I was planning on going back out in November to hunt whitetails and mule deer. Um, and then also, uh, then I'll have another week off to hunt whitetails. But as I was kind of looking at my vacation schedule, I felt like I was just stacking too many things. And I, I, I've done that where I've spread myself so thin that it just, you almost make it not fun because you're on such a tight timeline. So I, I don't know. I may just do the elk hunt and then just hunt deer where now where the dilemma is I might go to Kentucky um, during the rut this year for a week. Yeah. I, I haven't hunted out of state for whitetails and like for a full week, like during a rut and probably about three years, I used to go to Ohio every year yeah, yeah. and I, I love, I love hunting Ohio and I love hunting out of state. I, but I've got so invested in the deer that I'll get on cameras in Pennsylvania and, and everything. And, and anybody listening is probably like, what do you mean? You would pass up Kentucky to go right. to Pennsylvania. Yeah. But it's just like when you learn deer and you're, you're, you're starting to, you yep. know, try to figure them out. Like I spend all year trying to figure them out. And then if I leave during the best time, it's, exactly. it's just harder for me. That's we, we taught, we said the same thing. Never it's pass like, deer to go hunt deer. Well, And it's like, yeah, maybe, you know, we have the same thing. Maybe Michigan deer aren't Ohio deer, but it's like, I still, it means a lot more when you spent months trying to get ready for it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yep. You know, and that's, that's the same thing. Like for me, it's like, I'd rather shoot a, a smaller deer in Pennsylvania that I'd work my ass off for all year than, you know, go to somewhere and, and get lucky and not saying it would, it would just be getting lucky. I'd, you know, you still got to work for it out of state, but it's just, I don't know. There's just something different about, you know, hunting your home state when you're, you know, working for it and you're, you're putting in all this time. And yeah, it's, it's funny because like, there was, there was three days in a row this year where I didn't see a single deer. And Ooh. it's like that most people will be like, this spot must suck. But like, <laughs> I, I just know that like, it, you just, like we were talking about with not being able to see far. It's just, it just takes that one moment with low deer density. You can hunt the same tree multiple times and you're not like burning it out. Cause yeah. it's not like you're blowing deer out there. You might not be a deer within a mile of you one day. You don't know. And it's, it's uh it's something i've had to learn too what you were talking about um so like a couple years ago i went like fully never hunted the same tree twice bouncing around Mm -hmm. and i struggled because like for i I just realized and i think for other areas that can be really good but for the area i'm hunting with again low deer density and the bucks aren't using the same bed so just because like you didn't see something that day that yeah, exactly doesn't mean they're not using it i mean my trail cameras tell me that they might come through there once a week you mm-hmm. just gotta be there and that's it's it's a hard thing to it's really a mental thing if you can like i i, I was laughing about i was talking to somebody the other day 
I was like, when I was younger and didn't <coughs> know as much, I felt like I had more opportunities because I just sat down in the same tree. For same six yeah, tree. We, yep. We've talked about that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, I mean, I don't love doing that, but it's, uh, to, as far as being successful, I feel like you can, you can be more successful that way. Yeah, we there were spots growing up where I swear the butt seat, the seat was still warm from my last set when I got out there again. <laughs> you know, no, it's it, that's that's the big thing. What's coming up this year? What are we doing this year, Jared? We've got some. We got ideas. We haven't options, nailed anything man. down yet. I hate we 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 bounce back and forth a lot. <laughs> we like I'll say after this, I'll be like Jared, we're going lion hunting. And he'll be like, yeah, okay. And then two weeks, he'll be like, all right, James, what if we go to Nebraska <laughs> yeah. for whitetail? I'm like, oh, okay. okay, yeah, that sounds yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, so it's we're, we're going to – We've got to set a deadline we gotta when we have to choose. So, but, well, You know what we really should start doing is planning out uh, this year. This is our three-year plan. This is our two-year plan. I don't know why we don't. Well, and we have to. Like you said, Bo, I mean, you're hoping to get drawn in Montana. If we, if you want to get drawn yeah, you gotta plan in a stuff state, out. you, you got to put in points. It yeah. just seems like a lot for me. Is it? <laughs> it's a lot of plans. <laughs> there's a lot of OTC. It's a lot of work for yeah. me. No, I know. Well, and it's it, there's a lot of states, and they're all different rules. Um, and there's a lot yeah, of over-the-counter. Oh, yeah, it, every state's so different. And, and there, there's so many places, like, I, I want to hunt. And a lot of it, like, takes planning. Like, I've been wanting to hunt Montana for – ever in this particular area and all the elk hunting i've done at this point has been over the counter yeah so, but it, it just i'm like well i think i have enough points to draw but you, you never know and it's it's that that could be all completely screwed up in a matter of you know i i could not get drawn even though i have like 90 percent odds of drawn i could be that 10 percent not get it and then i gotta readjust yep exactly you know what jared here's what i think i'm gonna do this year I'm gonna do a UP bear hunt. I'm gonna get my points drawn. I'm gonna, gonna do it. I'm gonna cash in. Go for it, man. That this week, that's what I'm gonna do this year. We'll see what next week what I decide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bo. Um, thank you for taking the time to uh, to put up with our nonsense, to chat with us, uh, Whitetail, for a while. Um, for people who are listening, where can they find you? Where can mm-hmm. they listen? Because you've got a podcast, a good podcast, lots of great guests, lots of good information. You've got a great website. Where where can they find you? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. This was a good conversation. I love I love these types of conversations that are just like, you know, if we were sitting around drinking beer together Shoot, or yeah. hanging yeah. out at camp. I mean, I, I think those are the best conversations. But So thank you for that. But as far as where you can find my information, uh, you can go over to Instagram um, at bo.martonic, and that's just spelled B-E-A-U dot M-A-R-T-O-N-I-K or at East Meets West Hunt. Um, same thing over on Facebook and then, uh, my website is eastmeetswesthunt.com and you can find the podcast East Meets West Hunt anywhere podcasts can be found. And then lastly, I got a YouTube channel just under my name, Bo Martonic and got some, some films up there. I'm going to actually come out with a, a mountain buck film here in the next month. So. Sweet. We'll be looking forward to that. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to putting that out. So Cool. Again, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, good to yeah, talk thanks, to you. We'll man. talk soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast. If you guys like what you hear and want to follow along on what we're currently up to, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on and follow us on Instagram at Boga Hunting. Join us next week and we'll see you then.